All right, guys, this is the Travis Jones Show, and we are here with Denver Sign today. We're going to talk transformations, going to talk about how to lose fat, how to transform your body. Um, also talking about online coaching and how to become a sold-out coach. Uh, Denver, thanks for coming, man. Thanks for having me, Travis. Awesome. So we're just talking briefly about um, you coach, obviously, Gen Pop, but you also coach a lot of people who get up on stage, get to the leanest version of themselves, and, um, and get great results. Let's just keep going with that, man. Like, what, what is it that, well, who's the general client who wants to come towards you? I would say the majority of people that come to me are mostly women on the most, for the most part, but uh, generally people looking to drop body fat as a primary focus. Um, I went through a phase where I was really into flexible dieting and I still am, right? So I started doing that many years ago before it was popular, before people thought it was cool. And I had a lot of backlash on that and people hated it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that actually gained a lot of traction, a lot of interest. And when people started to get really result, really good results from that, that's kind of when the trend shifted and everybody wanted to know about it and, you know, pursue that. So I would say like fat loss is primary focus, but then also having like a sustainable approach to fat loss and to also gain strength and have a lifestyle you can actually enjoy. And it's funny, everybody wants to eat Nutella and get shredded. That's kind <laughs> of the thing, right? Because I was eating Nutella every day, a small amount every day, just to yeah. kind of show like, hey, you can actually have a better life balance if you learn more about nutrition and understand the fundamentals of nutrition. But I would say most people come to me for fat loss and then nutritional education at the same time. Yeah, awesome, man. Let's talk about flexible dieting for a second. Because, yeah, I think like we at like the gyms, we go through a portion-based nutrition style and then we shift people into a flexible dieting approach once they have some form of self-control within their life and their mindset. Um, But people go, man, like you're eating burgers or, hey, like you can have like ice cream every day. Um, Let's do that diet. And then flexible dieting for me is an 80-20 approach, but people go 20-80. And there's like, oh, I'll have one like broccoli and I'll have seven pizzas as long as it's in my, my calories. Like, tell me what your thoughts are. Yeah, and they weren't tracked accurately, track accurately either. So like flexible dieting, is, it has a huge learning curve. You can't just jump straight into it. And if I do have someone that wants to jump straight into it and I tell them what their macronutrient targets are or their fiber targets are, and then I review their MyFitnessPal, which is the app that we use to track the food, a lot of stuff is incorrect there's, you know, there's so much incorrect data on there. So people are not doing things right. I actually had a person one time, they made their own pasta and they just found something in my fitness bell. They said homemade pasta and they selected that. I'm like, there's absolutely no way that that correlates with the amount of nutrients you just made with your one. Like you have no idea. So yeah, people get it wrong a lot of the time. There's a huge learning curve. And I really feel like it's important to have a meal plan to start with, get some Mm -hmm. results, you know, stick to that, then start to implement small adjustments and then at the same time, you have to take the effort to learn. So, you know, I've got a series of videos from my online coaching clients that they can learn everything they need to know about nutrition and how to track food and how to do it accurately and how to fit in eating out and, you know, even alcohol or whatever it might be, social considerations. And I would say 50% of my clients don't even watch the videos. No. So it's kind of annoying, but it's there for them to learn. Uh, so it is a process. A lot of the people back in the day who said it didn't work, didn't understand it, didn't track properly. Um, and didn't have the patience to learn about nutrition. So while it has a lot of positives, you have to kind of transition into it and then also transition out of it as well at sometimes. Like you can't just do flexible dieting forever. There is gonna, there's going to be periods of time where you have to be very diligent and just stick with the meal plan um, or even move completely away from both and just eat intuitively. Like, intuitively, yeah. Because you've actually built the, the skills to do that. Let's talk about that for a second, man. Like for us, like my, this is my beliefs and you can completely like for this podcast, like disagree with anything I say and tell me I'm an idiot. But for us and my beliefs, man, we technically start with a little bit of a lower carb approach only because not because I think it gets better results, but I think it gets um, a faster weight loss when we look at body fat weight loss approach so what happens is people's adherence increases because they think you're a god and then you can start to add all the carbs back in it's not because carbs are the devil it's because i want you to get a quick result like that and then i'll start to shove carbs back in there but you've already got adherence and your motivation has skyrocketed and then we'll go let's try and get those carbs up higher and higher as you continue to lose body fat and because their motivation keeps increasing because i'm actually getting results and you're a coach finally or you're a gym finder that can get results for me, they believe anything you say. Um, yeah. 
that's our personal approach. And we'll go through like um, a lower carb, portion-based, helping them create habits into a flexible dieting. Once they achieve the results, they have some form of... Um, at least they, they understand how to control themselves, but also know how much to eat to stay at a baseline body fat levels or weight level. And then we sort of shift them into an intuitive eating approach, which is like, just understand what you're eating now. Um, and if you go two, three, four kilos up, you know, also now at this point, what to do to bring down two, three, four kilos. Like that's our personal approach. Like, what do you, yeah. what do you think? I think that's a great approach. I think that's really a good approach, especially the last part you said, where like, if you see your weights trending up, you know exactly how to bring that back down. Uh, that's a great approach. I do take approach, that approach sometimes, depending on the client. Um, I literally try to go as high carb as possible with some people and they, they still lose weight and they're astounded because before that they were actually binging a lot. So mm. people come to me, they're telling me they're eating 1200 calories or 1300 calories and they weigh 85 kilos and they're females. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not eating that much. No. So we're going to give you more food than you think you are eating. Um, and we're going to make sure it's quite high in food volume as well. So you're going to feel very fed at the same time. And then you're going to drop weight and you're going to be like, Holy yeah. shit, how did I drop weight by eating more food? When really they're actually not snacking. So they're eating less food because yeah. if you're someone that thinks you're eating 1400 calories or whatever, and you're not losing body weight, you're actually snacking a lot more than you realize yeah. it. And it's funny. I just had a coaching client, a, a contest prep client. She's about five weeks out now. Uh, she just in the last week or two results have just improved. And like I sat her down and we had a conversation about adherence and stuff like that uh, right <coughs> before that two week period. And now things are looking so much better with no nutritional adjustment. And I was like, what did you do differently? And she's like, I stopped snacking. I stopped okay. you know, having extra yeah. food. So that happens a lot. So, you know, sometimes I would take the exact approach that you just said, you get buy-in straight away. People are really, you know, excited with the results that they're getting. I would say that's why ketogenic diets work quite well because of the fluid weight loss initially, the yeah. food weight loss as well. And then, um, but people have to understand it's a transition. So you're not going to stay where you are the whole time. So people freak out about high carbs at the start. And I'm like, if we need to lose like drop calories we can drop it from the carbohydrates like yeah. there's space for that to happen and people freak out about low calories as well because their friends are eating a lot more than them and how the hell am i going to focus like eating this much food or whatever uh, but when they see the results they stick to it better so i think your approach is pretty good yeah man like we actually started doing online um an online program a couple of weeks ago and it's like a seven day keto reset i jumped on the not the keto bandwagon like you know i've mm -hmm. done cyclic ketogenic diets and all that sort of stuff for years and years all of a sudden happened to become popular again um but we do a seven day keto reset. We get like five, 600 females into a group and they just follow a meal plan for seven days. And some yeah. of them are losing like nine kilos in a week of weight. Um, yeah. They're like, this is amazing. I know it's, they're eating like 1800 calories in this meal yeah. plan. They're just obviously losing yeah, body fat, water weight. But then like we go, Hey, who wants to go through a 16 week coaching um, program on the back end of it? And because they've lost weight and they haven't in the past, everyone just likes comments. It's like, how do I do this program? Get them on a call. Then we sell them into it. But because 100%. they've got such huge buy-in at the start, then we slowly go from keto to a low carb to a moderate carb to like, or like a carb cycling for them. And it's education. Like you talked about earlier, but it's getting buy-in from these people that just simply, and this is more gen pop. Yeah. Um, that haven't had that weight shift for years and they've probably been doing like lemon detox diets and going, Oh, and then restricting and binging as well. But I yeah. think for you, like, you know, the carb high carb approach, I find personally, um, when I get more trained individuals, that's well, when me personally, I'll go into like a, a higher carb approach. It's like, I'm eating 1400 calories and I'm, I'm not losing weight. It's like, okay, cool. Let's up your carbs. And all of a sudden yeah. they start losing weight because it's like, <laughs> oh, you're doing CrossFit twice a day. Uh, yeah. Okay. You're not eating. Um, like, yeah. To add to that, I would probably right. say that the people who I do give the high carbs to, I give them a training program as well. <laughs> so I know exactly what they're doing training wise. I know what they're doing in like their steps target and all that kind of stuff. So it all kind of balances out. Uh, but without a doubt, man, sometimes I do take the approach of let's just work hard early. Maybe it's going to yep. be three weeks. Maybe it's going to be five weeks and then we can do a diet break. Then we can introduce higher carbohydrates and kind of taper down if we need to. Okay. So let's, let's talk about this. What about diet break? So say, actually we'll rewind back. What are your top um, key areas you focus on when trying to start to transform someone? 
when it comes to transformations, I'm looking at uh, obviously controlling and creating structure. So controlling the amount of calories coming in, ensuring they're getting enough protein, not over consuming protein or wasting calories on that, getting in enough fiber. And then from a more basic standpoint, I want, I want to see people getting in fruits every day, vegetables every day, protein with every meal, understanding the basic structure of what actually matters when it comes to nutrition and then just ticking off those boxes. So transformations are really designed around calorie control, mm. optimizing macronutrients, understanding why they're eating what they're eating. And then also, obviously, I would say understanding that weight training is key and weight training is more yeah. important than the diet. Like you're not going to retain or build lean mass without weight training. So it doesn't matter if you're in a calorie deficit or not. Um, you need to maintain muscle or build muscle and, you know, create strength and burn more calories through that as well with the training. So nutrition is huge because people see so much of an adjustment or change their physique with their diet, but training has to be that fundamental, you know, basis like base uh, foundation. So I would say when it comes to transformations, it's about uh, ensuring that adequate training is, is done in a smart manner, uh, ensuring that calories are controlled and macronutrients are distributed in a way that actually suits the individual based on their goals, based on their lifestyle, their work, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, foods are implemented that they actually like and they'll stick to. Um, and then we look at stress management and we look at sleep as well. Yeah, man. I think like I always say, it's like we diet to lose fat and we train to preserve muscle. Um, as much as what I probably try to say to our guys. Um, and then like, I, I think that one of the biggest things that doesn't look, get looked after with so many people is sleep and stress. Mm. Um, like there is countless studies, um, on sleep. Like what's, what's your thought patterns on sleep and inadequate sleep. And then people obviously getting, you know, ghrelin and leptin and all the rest of it kicking in and then just overeating or they can't even control themselves yeah. um, or lean muscle mass loss instead of fat loss because they aren't even sleeping. Yeah. Well, I always tell people that you can't out eat a sleep deficit. So, <laughs> you know, if you feel like, oh, I haven't eat, I haven't slept enough, so I'm just going to eat more and have more energy and be okay, you know, I'll get through, through the day or I'll have more coffee or caffeine or whatever to really keep me going. You can't do that. Like there's no way you can do that and, op and function optimally. So I've done it. I've been guilty of that a lot, you know, as a, as a you know, business owner and stuff and working with people all over the world. I'm always on my laptop. I'm always working. And I would say that I prioritize sleep mostly when I've got a purpose to train hard, train well, and get a specific outcome for me, my personal goals. So if I'm doing powerlifting prep, then I need to ensure that I'm sleeping enough to recover for that. Um, you know, if I'm doing bodybuilding show, I have to sleep enough for that as well. And I think because of those things, and I see the vast improvements in my training and my recovery, I actually respect sleep a lot more. Um, and it's actually stuck with me now longer term. So at, at one point, probably 2016, I did my last bodybuilding competition. I had a sleep chart. So every day I would um, wake up and I'd write down how many hours I think I slept, like what time I went to bed, what time I woke up. And I would try to create a trend of eight hours every day. So it didn't start off with eight hours. It was more like six to seven, you know, sometimes no. five. But, you know, after a while, it was eight, 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 almost every day. Yeah. And I, what I saw was uh, reduced body weight more, more effectively or more uh, consistently. I wasn't holding fluid as much. I was performing better and I felt more alive. And even this week, I had one day where I didn't sleep much. I got bad sleep and I woke up feeling it like I could tell, like it didn't feel on my game and I don't want to rely on stimulants and stuff like coffee to get me on that level. I feel like I can feel that I didn't get my sleep. So tonight I'm getting my sleep no matter what. So I'm going to shut down, turn my computer off. I don't care how many emails I've got or text messages or, you know, direct messages. All of that can wait because I have to function optimally tomorrow uh, for my training sessions to train my clients, to do my work the best of my ability and stuff like that. Sleep is huge. Um, so I actually have like a sleep questionnaire for my clients, um, online coaching nice. clients and, you know, ask them a bunch of questions and based on that, I'll give them a little protocol to follow. Yeah. You know, that gets them in a better place. Awesome. What about stress um, and stress management and overeating because of stress? Yeah. So stress is a tough one. Um, you know, I work with a few mums and they've got, you know, young, young babies and if the sleep is affected because of that and they're also stressed because of that as well. For stress management, I've got a couple of protocols that I do with my clients um, to try to, you know, just tick the boxes with these simple things to do, getting in fish oil, getting in magnesium um, before you go to sleep, getting in, um, you know, 
a couple of different supplements basically that will help them to uh, reduce stress adaptogens. Basically you've got your yeah. radiola rosea, you've got ashwagandha, stuff like that. Some people I'll tell them to try melatonin or um, effectively across the board. I suggest everyone does some breathing exercises or meditation or, you know, anything like that. I've done a little bit of stress management um, development in regards to learning from other mentors. Yeah. They've taught me quite a lot. So I was just telling a client this week, actually, that she's not sleeping well at all. She's always stressed, always thinking about the next day. So simple, like little tip is just write down everything you have to do tomorrow. So it's off your, off your brain. You're not thinking about it. You're not stressing about it because apparently we uh, stay up and, you know, think about these things because we think we're going to forget it the yeah. next day and it has to get done. You know, it's so important. So you write down these things or these issues or these problems or this to-do list and it's there on paper. You're not going to forget about it because it's done. And the next day you can kind of, you know, address that. But I would say stress management with my clients, my coaching uh, way of doing things is really about uh, meditation, breathing, basic supplementation that can really help with that. And then also trying to improve, your mental state by doing things which are enjoyable every day, yeah. going outside to get your steps in, you know, being on a treadmill, mm. you know, you know, just being in nature and stuff and spending more time with your friends and family and having downtime. Like people say to me, what do I do on, you know, you gave me a four day weight training program. What do I do on the other days? And I'm like, chill out, like, chill you know, just out. relax, <laughs> go do something, just watch Netflix or go outside and, you know, hang out with friends. Like things like, like that can really help to reduce your stress. Yeah, you don't have to kill yourself because training's a stress, dieting's a stress, your life is stress. Um, you add more stress in. Do you think that, you know, some people, that's where they sort of look at, you know, you go on a holiday and you might have eaten, eaten more than, you know, you normally do, but you come back from your holiday lighter or leaner than when you went because all of a sudden you just remove some stress or you're in a different environment, right? So you don't have exactly. those environmental stresses. Is that one of the key? Have you seen that as well? Yeah, hundred percent. I always say that the holiday is like a deload. So, you know, mm. a training deload is basically a week where we reduce our intensity or our training volume, allow our body to recover more so we can kill it and create more motivation to the next phase of training. So a holiday is a deload from life, like, because you're constantly grinding every day, um, trying to do so many different tasks and um, always under the pump most people. Um, so you need to have that time where you do nothing and you just relax and just zone out. And towards the back end of a holiday, I'm so excited to get back to work. And, yeah, you, know, so my, you know, it's super exciting to do that. But at the same time, I, I just said to one of my housemates the other day, I'm like, he wants to go on a holiday. And I'm like, do you deserve a holiday yet? Like you have to be <laughs> like working your ass off, you know what I mean? To then deserve it. And I just said to him, that's just how I operate. So I go on holidays twice to three times a week, a, a year, sorry. And, uh, but I work hard for it. I feel like I need to deserve it. And that's kind of like a deloading training. You train hard, you build progressive overload, you know, you get past the point where you want to stop and then you have that deload when you need it and you know, you're all good to go. So holidays are great for that. So with this, so we're looking at caloric intake. We're looking at obviously protein intake. We're looking at um, making sure people are getting stress management. We're looking at sleep management. Um, you did talk about yeah, fruits and veg. Um, and then we're looking at, what about your steps? Do you have like a minimum steps that someone has to do on a weekly basis to try and make sure they're actually doing something? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the generic approach is 10,000 steps. Everybody knows 10,000 steps is like what everyone says. Uh, with some clients, when I screen their consult form, I can see that they're extremely busy already. I can already tell that's going to be overwhelming for them. So maybe we'll start at 6,000 steps. Maybe we'll start at 8,000 steps you know, achieve that and then move on from that. At the same time, if I feel like someone has the ability and they're just not putting in the work, I'll say, Hey, we need to get 12,000 steps yeah. right from the start. And they're like, how the hell am I going to do that? <laughs> uh, but maybe they get 10,000 as a result. Yeah. And that's probably what I really wanted to see anyway. Uh, so to have those high, those high targets can really push people. Uh, yeah. Steps, steps are definitely something that I've incorporated for the last maybe four or three years now I'd say. What about like as someone's coming through, so you're getting someone up on stage and we know with dieting that all of a sudden neat activity starts to decrease as people are eating less and less. Do you increase their step target over a, a prolonged period of time as they're getting closer towards the say yeah. 16 weeks or whatever it is? Yeah, for sure. So we'll start off with like 10,000 steps a day um, with no structured cardio. So just stepping, that's all you have to do. It's easy to recover from. It does take some of your time, but you can do it in a smart manner. You can walk around at the gym or when you're you know, training and stuff like that. But yeah, I'll start with 10,000 steps 
And then typically I'll either go up to 12,000 steps or I'll bring in two days a week at 15,000 steps and the other days are still 10,000. And collectively, like over the week, we care about your weekly target with steps, yeah. right? Just like we care about your total calories for the week more than we care yeah. day to day in most cases. But I feel like if you've got those two days, which are a little bit more strenuous, you can kind of adapt to that sooner. And then when I say, hey, it's going to be three or four days now, you already know what it feels like and you can put more effort in. Um, so yeah, I'll go 10, 10 to 12,000 steps most days. And then over time, I don't push anyone over 15,000 steps. Like if we're at 15,000 steps, it's taking a lot of time for the most part. Yeah. So that's when we start to bring in, if not sooner, some structured cardio, whether it's like a little bit of hit or it's the Stairmaster because girls like that uh, and you know, stuff like that. But at the same time, I do have people who do like 120,000 steps a week because of their job. They're just busy. Yeah. Yeah. Just and, busy. You know, right. People do like 25,000 steps a day because of their, their work job. So like, I'm like, we can't build on that, but your body's oh. already adapted to that to a point. But so adding more steps is not going to be beneficial. Really. Let's look at increasing your weight training. Let's look at maybe cardiovascular stuff or just reducing your food intake if we need to. So it's yeah, like a balancing act, right? We've got yeah. your, your calories coming in. We've got your output at the same time through weight training and through, um, steps as well, plus structured cardio at the same time too. So, so many different things we can play with and adjust to get the goal of what we need. Because everything has its um, its point, right? Like you can't just keep training. There's, you can't like, oh, I'm doing seven sessions a week. Like, yeah, you can do double day training. It's like you get to a point where it's like more training is not going to help. You get to a point where more steps clearly is not going to help. And also you get to a point where it's like less calories is not going to help. Yeah. So it's understanding what, what the points are for each of your individual clients and also like having not a blanket approach, but having an understanding of like, okay, this is, this is the structure of a transformation essentially. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, you know, I like to take the approach of no structured cardio to start with. Weight training is going to be five days a week for most people, four days if it suits them better. Um, and then we'll like kind of go from four days a week through to five days a week of weight training. So that's going to increase a little bit of, you know, output and get better results in that way. The steps will move up progressively. We'll add in cardio when we need to. We can do some conditioning circuits and stuff like that. And we'll pull feedback as we need to as well. So like I had a quick call with a girl today, one of my clients who's competing. And I said to her, look, we can either reduce your food a little bit or we can increase the amount of reps that we're aiming for in this next training cycle. Uh, or we can increase your sets. So like, do you have enough time in the gym to do more sets? Because that takes a long time, right? That's yeah. adding more like rest periods and more another set. Is it more comfortable and more you know, effective uh, for you to actually just increase your reps or do yeah. you want to eat less food? And she's like, you know, you know what? I can actually, I can handle eating less food yeah. because, you know, it's working right now and I'm not that hungry. So it's like, cool. Like that communication is important. I think a, a coaching role is to communicate and ensure mm -hmm. that, you know, you and your client are on the same page and understand, you know, why you have to push harder at some times and why it's okay to back off at times as well. Well, it, I guess it's just understanding the variables you have at play and then communicating with that client. We have these set of variables that we can manipulate and then which one do you feel most confident in that you can stick to while yeah. we manipulate? And then it's like, great, because then if you go, okay, guys, we're, we're all, everyone's increasing their volume by, you know, 10 ton this week. It's like, shit, man, I don't have another 30 minutes to go into the gym every yeah. single week. It's like, okay, cool. Just decrease your calories by like whatever it is off your carbs or whatever we're going for. What do you find with um, motivation? Like, do you find some clients dip in motivation and what happens or how do you get them back re-motivated or reinvigorated? Yeah, I do have some clients like on the online space, some clients may not check in week to week when they're supposed mm -hmm. to. And, you know, that's what they're investing in. So I'll definitely hit them up. Um, I'll, maybe I'll let a week slide and just maybe, you know, they're really busy or whatever. But if I notice they haven't checked in for two weeks, I'll definitely jump on them and, you know, see what's going on, make sure they're on track. Um, when it comes to motivation, I think a lot of the, um, it depends on the person. Like what I like to do is I like to get people to send me videos of what they're doing in the gym. So I'll say, send me a video of your deadlift or send me a video of your squad or anything that's kind of technical, but also exciting. And they're like, yes, I get to like, you know, I'm going to work as hard as I can because Denver's going to see this video and I want to make <laughs> sure my technique is good. And, you know, he's going to see if I don't work very hard, et cetera, et cetera. So that increases a little bit of motivation around that um then also i like to just have set week to week goals so in terms of weight loss or a waste measurement goal uh i don't like people to like sit around and just be content and excited because they've lost a little bit of weight this week like mm. someone might say to me 
yeah, I finally achieved my waist measurement goal of whatever it might be. And I'm super happy for them. And I'll let them know that, but I'm like, cool. The next goal is this, like we have to keep progressing. So we're not going to stop and celebrate that for too long. We have to keep pushing forwards and, uh, you know, ensure that that's happening. I would say a lot of the time people get motivation these days from social media, uh, believe yeah. it or not, it's kind of weird, but a lot of clients will tag me on their posts and stuff. And if I reshare that, they really like that. So yeah, skyrockets, yeah. right? They're like, Oh, significance. Exactly <laughs> Right. And if I comment on their posts and I, you know, engage with them, and other people actually, you know, communicate with them as well. It helps a lot with motivation. But, you know, I do have to sit down with people sometimes and just be like, hey, like, you're not doing what you need to do. We're not going to get the results that you want. And there's no way I'm going to starve you. Like, if you need to lose 12 kilos in five weeks for a competition, you're not ready for that competition. It's not going to happen. Like, so how can we make this happen? What performance goals can we create? How can we make the diet a little bit more manageable for you? How can you get your steps in and just, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I also do like my posts, like I'll put on posts on social media and stuff to motivate people. And sometimes my posts will like be a little bit of a dig and be like, Hey, like I'm putting in the work. Why the fuck are you not? Why the fuck are you not? Um, So yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Right. Like I find, um, say I'm uh, training, right. But if I do a video of training versus going like live on Facebook or something like that, whenever something's live, you always get like, it's like competition, your competition lifts, right? Like yeah. performance increases by like five to 10%. And it's see. like, shit, I, I want to make sure that I'm actually lifting this or I'm going to go a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, you're on display. So exactly. It's like, um, social validation. Um, man, I, th- I think that's really cool. I didn't think about that for the online space as far as, you know, getting them to do videos of their lifts. Um, I think that would definitely increase motivation for and sure, also sure. them lifting that little bit heavier instead of bitching out. It's like, you know, is that really your 70% or is it yeah. your 50%? Um, yeah. and then obviously different training stimuluses are going to happen if they're not truly lifting the percentages that you're asking them to lift. hundred percent true. And I've got some clients that just do nutrition only coaching, which is totally fine, but I tend to not see the same results from them as I do from those who follow my training protocols at the same time. So I try to get them over to do what I want them to do at the same time, because you're always going to get a better result. If you know, if I know exactly what you're doing with your training and it actually complements each other. Uh, So, you know, that's, that's pretty important too, because nutrition is only one aspect of the bigger picture. So we would talk about obviously how to transform someone. Now looking at that, like for yourself to get to um, a coach that essentially people seek you out now, right? They seek you out to come and and do comp prep with you to train with you. Um, How's that journey happened? Obviously you didn't all of a sudden go, I'm going to become a PT today. And then everyone came to you. Um, How's the journey happened over the, over the time period that you've been coaching? Okay. So I think it's really driven by passion, which is a huge thing. Like you have to be passionate about your job, but I've always wanted to be a personal trainer. Like even in high school, I wanted to be a personal trainer. And uh, I've told this story before to some people, but you know, in grade 11 and 12 at school, I, uh, I knew I already wanted to be a trainer or be in the fitness space. So I was doing computer related subjects where I was actually sitting in on the internet, learning about bodybuilding, training and nutrition and stuff like that. And that really built a solid level of education uh, early on. And then I would say doing a bodybuilding competition back in 2009 elevated things a lot. I wasn't a personal trainer at that point. I started in 2010, but I was kind of on the fence about moving into personal training because I wasn't sure if there was too many personal trainers out there, if it was going to be something that was sustainable, if it was going to be, you know, working for yourself when you're like younger, it's like, will I be able to buy a house? Like, will my income be consistent? Will people just leave me all of a sudden? Stuff like that. Yeah. So you've got all these doubts when you start early on. <laughs> But my friends who were already in the field, they said to me, if you compete in bodybuilding, there's no way, there's no doubt you're going to get clients. Like people will just come to you. So my very first week as a personal trainer, I was already a member in that gym. So people already knew who I was. I would say I was a lot more, I was very quiet. So no one really knew me, but they just knew that I trained really, really hard and I was focused on training. So as soon as I put that personal training shirt on, people came to me straight away and they wanted to know questions and stuff like that. I definitely wasn't sold out at that point at all, but I was getting clients straight away. So that really, really helped. So personal uh, competing in bodybuilding helped a lot. And I did that for a period of time, uh, just bodybuilding only and just, you know, trying to teach people how to train properly. And then I was like, there's got to be more to this. I need to actually start learning for myself. So, you know, I started learning about people like Lane Norton and Alan Aragon and, you know, even elite FTS, like these powerlifting people. And I started really relying on YouTube mostly to, to seek information and education and, you know, kind of take things to the next level. 
uh, for myself and just for my personal education. And the more I learned and the more I shared about what I know, the more interest I got. So mm. I always tell fellow personal trainers that, that I mentor that, you know, you need to ensure, like, I like to do educational marketing. I call it, it's probably yeah, not yeah. really what it's called, but you know, the more I can provide value to people, the more they're going to learn from me, the more they're going to see me as a higher, you know, authority compared to other trainers. And they're going to learn the basics before they even start working with me. So when they come to me, they already understand what flexible dieting is. They're already intrigued by that. They already know that I'm really strong. They already know that I'm really lean all the time for the most part. And they've seen the success of my clients. So, you know, that's kind of how things have progressed over the years. I always put a lot of value in learning for myself just because I'm passionate about, you know, learning yeah. about nutrition and training. And there was a period of time where I wanted to know everything about nutrition and I studied it like thoroughly. And I actually thought to myself, shit, I don't know much about training now because all I know about is nutrition. Uh, so I had to really invest some time to learn more about training and, you know, learning how to train properly and, you know, not just follow plans from the internet or generic programs from, you know, bodybuilders or anything like that, but how to actually understand the fundamentals of training principles and stuff. So, you know, researching, going to seminars, everything like that, having books, I've got a, a good bookshelf with good content, um, quality resources. That is what really elevated things over time. And like I said before, learning about flexible dieting, trying it for myself, seeing great results, getting a lot of people intrigued, and then also working with a lot of personal trainers. So I had a lot of PTs come to me wanting, wanting to get stronger, wanting to learn about flexible dieting again and nutrition in general. Uh, so working with them and mentoring them kind of built my business as well because they, they, they were nice enough to say, hey, I'm working with this guy. So people yeah. come straight to me. You know, they would be like, hey, this, this trainer told me you're really good. So I want you, like, I don't want to go to him. I just want to come straight to you. Yeah. That, that helped a lot as well. I think it's interesting, right? Like there's this whole thing we talk about. It's like the like, um, authority pyramid that I sort of talk to people about. It's like you can be a, a generalist and help anyone or you can be a specialist or you can be an authority. And when you start to like, obviously for yourself, I know you don't just do comp prep, but yeah. moving from a generalist to a specialist as such as you have, but then a specialist and then you moving to an authority where you help other specialists, all of a sudden the higher you go up on that pyramid and then you become like a celebrity authority, right? Yeah. Um, so with this, is like the higher you go up the pyramid one the more you can charge and because people are like oh, i want to go to you and then it's like basic economics like it's supply yeah. and demand i only have so much supply as a huge demand so much supply i'll charge more now um or have coaches underneath me um but with that you know I, I remember working in a big box gym and the guy with the, the most jacked and the leanest always got the results, but sometimes they would churn clients, right? Because they mm -hmm. couldn't always get the long-term results with them. So they'd always get new clients, but they couldn't keep clients. So I think it's for yourself, obviously, I mean, lift your shirt up, show, show your abs, <laughs> and you, you can have the backup knowledge to actually help people. So it's like, yes, I can get, especially with social media or online training, yeah, you can put up a booty pic or yeah, you can put up a pic of your abs, but then the next stream of followers or the next stream of clients come because, oh shit, this person actually knows what they're talking about. Holy yeah. fuck. Like yeah. there's some substance to those abs. Um, exactly right. Exactly you right. You know what? Yeah, hundred percent. And I would say early on with social media, I really relied on my abs because I was like, look, I'm eating Nutella and I have abs. So you have to have that yeah. correlation of I look in great shape i'm healthy internally and i'm eating something that you think i can't eat so mm. you're very intrigued by that so abs are mm -hmm. definitely very important early on but yeah it's definitely not like not just about visual and someone told me a while back a good friend of mine he was like you don't want people to remember you from your abs or like how you look you want people to remember you from being so strong and learning and like teaching them so much and having a higher level of education which is sometimes unexpected especially for, for a bodybuilder you know what i mean mm. Bodybuilders are considered not the smartest guys in the world. I don't know why, right? Meatheads or whatever. So the more you, you learn, the more you know, the more you can teach. It's incredible. And, you know, like if I have a client who's new and I just teach them how to do a simple back squat with a barbell and they've mm. never done it before and they've had five PTs before, straight away, I'm the best personal trainer they've ever had in their yeah. life. You know what I mean? And if I can teach them how to incorporate fun foods or, um, you know, learn how to guesstimate food and go out and be social and still see results. I'm the best person. Like, wow. I've ever had. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. So definitely having education and having, being able to give out education, like information for free to people mm. 
it really makes you level up and you know everyone says to me you know you should be charging for what you tell people yeah but i'm just like i'm busy i'm always busy and i'm busy yep. enough and it, it's great and i would say that this free information is marketing yeah well exactly right like i was about, literally about to say that i was like i think so many people are afraid to put out their knowledge it's like no this is my knowledge and it's like no 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 everyone has that knowledge on the internet. Trust me. Like it's okay. <laughs> so the more knowledge you put out there, you're just going to build your own raving fan base and people who essentially consume your knowledge eventually will start to try and pay you money. Cause it's like, Oh, he's giving this away for free. Imagine what's going to happen when I start paying this person. And I think for you, um, like I follow you for a long time, man. Like I think one, there's two key aspects that I see with um, what you do or and what you did even more back in with the flexible dieting. It's like you polarize the marketplace. So it's like some people like, fuck you, man, you can't eat Nutella and, um, you know, be lean. And then you're like, yeah. well, I can. Yeah, <laughs> and watch me. <laughs> watch me. Exactly. But like you polarize but then Some people like the whole fuck you phase, but then some people like, how does this happen? Um, and then they get super intrigued. Right. And then you get these, um, flexible dieting, um, advocates, like just following you and they're like your raving fans. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing is it's like infotainment, right? So you give out education, but you entertain at the same time. So it's like people, you're not just, uh, you bring up a research paper and just like, okay, this is the study for today. But it's like, you're putting some entertainment behind it, man. I think, yeah. you know, people go, Oh, he has a personality. Wow. This person actually, like, I want to listen to them because they're intriguing. They're polarizing. They're entertaining. They have a personality. I can relate. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes I'll put something up like, you know, drinking alcohol or something like that, which was a lot less frequent. Like I would almost never show that to anybody uh, back when I started personal training because I was a clean eater actually. So I never really thought about drinking alcohol. I just thought it was horrible. But like sometimes I'll put up me going out and having a good time or whatever. And they're like, holy shit, you're not a robot. Like you actually mm. look really good. You're smart and you actually have a life. Like sometimes my clients or people on Instagram will message me and say, it's so, I'm so happy to see you having fun because they think I just work, 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 work. All the yeah. time. Um, so you got to show like an aspect of everything that you do at the same time. But um, yeah. I think so many coaches are afraid of putting that out, which actually holds them back because then they're not relatable to their target marketplace. And people go, well, I can't, then gives the person the excuse, oh, I can't get the abs or I can't get the bikini body because I'm not like that. Um, because they're afraid of giving out, well, Instagram is like manufactured bullshit, but like in general, um, but if you start, if we can start to give more real content to the marketplace, people can go, ah, okay, you can have like a glass of wine is 100 to 150 calories. Like that's okay. Um, yeah. I just not like three bottles of wine. That's probably not okay. If you're trying to stay inside your weekly deficit, it's still okay if you don't give a fuck. Um, but, <laughs> but at the same time, man, like I think for me, from an outsider looking at your social presence, I think that's, you know, if I picked it apart, like that's the key stuff that I see you doing well. I don't even know if you did that on purpose, but you just put it up there and it's like, that's how you became relatable and also polarized and became an authority. Yeah, that's really cool, man. And it's funny because back in the day, like I did have those people who were like, fuck you, you can't eat Nutella and get in shape. Like it's not possible. And I literally had people who are coaches saying to me, like, there's no way you can do that. Like you will not get shredded glutes if you eat Nutella. And I was like, well, fuck, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Yep. And I spent a whole year um, in phases, like majority of the year in a calorie deficit, <laughs> eating foods that I liked. And I stayed shredded all year doing that. I even went through a phase where I was eating McDonald's every day, like something from McDonald's, anything could have been anything, yep. could have been an apple pie, could have been, you know, some breakfast thing or whatever. And I still got leaner and I still felt great. Everything was still good. And the purpose behind that was to show like, you know, calories are, or macros and calories are king. But at the same time, eating like that is super inconvenient, completely <laughs> expensive and waste of money. And it's not enjoyable long-term, but that's yeah. like, you can still get results by doing that. But the funny thing is a lot of those people who were against it before are doing it now. And like, yeah. I literally saw somebody create like a, how to track your macros ebook this week on Facebook or Instagram. And I was like, bro, I never thought I'd see the day that this is happening. And he's <laughs> like, I guess I'm evolving. 
And I was like, yeah. it could have happened five or six years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, I think that's a big thing in the fitness space, man. Like I've gone through phases from clean eating to paleo based to like my evolution has continued to grow as mm-hmm. knowledge continues to grow. And also um, the people, you know, who you, like, I think so many of us um, in the fitness space, when we start out, um, for me anyway, personally, it's like a religion, right? And nutrition is definitely a religion. And so is training principles. They're religion as well. I'm a powerlifter. I'm a bodybuilder, whatever it is. Um, yeah. But we don't have the humility um, to go, maybe there is another way. Maybe there is an easier way. Maybe there is a healthier way. Or maybe there's just another fucking way. And I need to understand what is the right way for this client. Exactly. Exactly. Not everybody does flexible dining with me. I've, I've got clients who say to me, look, I don't want to have to do flexible dieting. And I'm like, I don't push it on anybody. No. I want you to learn nutrition so then you can understand why flexible dieting works, how it works, how you can implement it. But I'm, I'm going to give you a meal plan and we're going to adjust the foods as, you, as we need to or the measurements as we need to get, the, to get the results that you want. But generally, those same people will say to me, even though they're getting great results, they'll say to me, I'm so sick of eating these foods. We need to change everything. And I'm just like, yep. please watch uh. the videos. Like <laughs> taught you everything you need to know. Like it's all there. Just watch the videos. Um, yeah. And then I want them to try to kind of transition into a little bit of flexibility, even if it's just a couple of days a week or something like that. So with this man, obviously for yourself, I think like passion's clearly a key. Like how much do you think being passionate about what you do is crucial to your success? It's massive. It's massive because, you know, there's like sleep is super important, but I would give up sleep to do my job. Right. Yeah. Cause I love it. So I would, my email is always fuller than I would like it to be. Um, you know, it's good to be full. It's good to be busy. It's good to make money, but I like to feel like I've completed everything that needs to be done on that day. And there's a lot of days that I don't get everything done because I just don't have the time. So it's going to be a tomorrow job, but if, so if sleep wasn't something that I was trying to prioritize, I would work even more hours. You know, yeah. and I was just saying to someone this week that, Every time I create more time, uh, free time for me by just, you know, improving my coaching efficiency or whatever, how I run my service and my structure and my systems. Every time I do that, I create more time for me to just relax or do whatever. I'll sit down and I'll be like, but wait, I need to do 10 more things. And I'll come up with ideas on how to help people more. I've got programs, 12 week booty building programs and a men's focus program that is like literally just sitting on my desktop laptop right now looking at me and I'm like, that should have been, you know, available to people <laughs> two months ago and it's still not because I'm too busy. Yeah. Uh, but that's, it's something that's going to come out soon. So it's always, yeah. you're always evolving. You're always going to have something to offer to people and you're always going to try to like find better ways to provide the same service. Maybe it's going to be more streamlined so you can help more people at the same time. Uh, but yeah, passion is huge. You have to have that passion. Like last night I, I, you know, had dinner with my girlfriend and we watched something on Netflix and then I got up and did more work because mm. it's important. And I have to get that done because I promised someone that I would do that for them. But not only that, it's like, I love it. Like I like yeah. to see people in a better place. So. so I think when you're saying that as well, it's like passion coming into one, obviously not only what you do, but what about knowledge consumption? Do you have a certain amount of time you put aside each week where you try and educate yourself? Yeah, I definitely did that for a long period of time. Like a, probably for like two to three years I had, every Wednesday blocked out four hours of, of time where I learned from who I thought were the best in the industry around training and nutrition. Some of the guys I mentioned already, and I would just, you know, soak up all their knowledge and learn as much as I could and try to expand my, my knowledge around that. And I did say to someone recently that I feel like to provide the service that I provide with my clients and my you know target market and stuff, I know everything I need to know and everything that I learned beyond that is kind of just for my personal interest or Mm. to like kind of expand my horizons. So like if I want to become a powerlifting coach, I have to study a lot more about powerlifting, but I don't do that. Like, you know what I mean? So I like powerlifting to competing it, but I don't prep people for that because it's not really what I have any interest in, but you can never stop learning. Like, even though I say I know a lot about this one area to get people the best results possible because I've done it for, you know, 15 years of weight training and nine or 10 years or eight years of PT you're always trying to learn. So I'm going to a seminar in Singapore week after next, which is a contest prep seminar with five speakers yeah. from America and they're great guys. And I've met half of them already, but I want to go and, you know, soak up their, their knowledge and spend time with those people and also spend time with people who are going there as well. So networking and, uh, and doing that, I was just in Melbourne 
month before last for a seminar, a two-day seminar there as well. And, you know, while I travel, I also like to learn. And I yeah. think the more you learn, the better in most cases until it kind of fucks with you and you're like, I know <laughs> I so know many nothing. different ways. <laughs> like, yeah, I know nothing. Either I know nothing or I know so many different ways to achieve this result. Which way do I Which choose? Way do I do it now? I mean? yeah. yeah. So, no, no, you got to have that passion to learn. Like, it's super important. And I've always not wanted to just fit in with everybody. I always want mm. to stand out and be the, you know, the best personal trainer in my gym or the best personal trainer in my area or I'll have clients go overseas or wherever it might be and bump into people that know me, right? Because mm. they might be wearing my singlet or whatever. And that's really cool. Like I've got some clients um, in a small town up North Queensland and I've never met any of them, but I started with one of them online and then another one in their gym started with me and another one in their gym started with me. And now I'm the local expert <laughs> in a city that I've never been to, right? It's, it's actually pretty crazy. And the owner of that gym wants me to go out there and do a talk for them yeah about three hours away from here but um you know it's kind of cool that that That's happens cool. yeah so you know you have to have that level of education because people are going to get over looking at you and saying yeah you look really good you got abs can we like can you come and talk to us about some stuff to look good yeah you're not going to look that good for the rest of your life you know what i mean no. so you That's gotta have some substance more substance, behind it, right right yeah 100% now with this man, like I, I guess some people come to me and like obviously looking at social media, it's like I don't know what to post. And I feel like if you don't know what to post personally, it's because you aren't consuming enough knowledge. Because if you're reading and you're learning, there's always something to to help other people with. Do you think like at your education level, um, the knowledge consumption that you have or the education that you want to, or your like passion for education that's helped you be able to just, you know, give content out there? Yeah, definitely. Because a lot of people are too scared to share their opinion on social media because they're scared. They're going to say the wrong thing. People are going to, you know, have negative comments or whatever, or they're just not well read or they don't understand mm. what they want to talk about. So that happens a lot. A lot of people say to me, Hey, like I want to post, I want to put myself out there, but I'm scared of the haters and I'm scared that I might mm -hmm. say the wrong thing. And you know, people want to be as accurate as possible. And they just, they, if you know a lot about something, you need to talk about it. You need to share that. Yeah. And the, the more you can put stuff out there, the better. And sometimes I look at my Facebook memories from like five years ago and I'm speaking about the same shit that I'm talking about now. And I can literally just copy that and paste it into a post on, on Instagram with a new photo. And yeah. people still consume that information. Wow. And for a lot of people, it's new content. Yeah, it's so, so true. I was literally having a, I got a videographer and I was talking to him earlier and I'm doing some more stuff around the fitness space again. Yeah. I was like, man, I've been talking about this for like 10 years. And like, he, he used to do videos with me like eight years ago. I was like, just reshare this video. You talked about <laughs> this back then. You don't have to do the content again, man. Yeah, it's, it's so, true, man. <laughs> but like, the edge, yes, you get more evolved, but the stuff, a lot of people, if you're talking about calorie deficits or intermittent fasting and its benefits or negatives and who should do it or whatever it is, it's like, like it was there then. And if you yeah. talked about it then, like you can just reshare it now. Like that's yeah. okay as well. Yeah, um, certainly. If it, you know, it's going to be more credible. It's going to continue to be credible because you're an evidence-based coach, you know, not yeah. much stuff changes in, in the space of what we do. So it's not yeah. like, you know, maybe if you were doing paleo at one point and now you're not really for it, maybe that's not going to be something you reshare. But, you know, as the general basics of nutrition and training are going to be sound for the most part all the way yeah. through. Yeah. Or, or you could say, I used to do paleo. This is why. And this is why I don't now. Like, exactly. like that's just a piece of content. I was like, I used yeah. to be a clean eater and that's why. And this is where I've evolved. And this is why I'm not now. But I think also some people don't want to say, that they've evolved because that means they were, they were a lesser person. It's like, no, you, you just weren't as educated as you were right now. That's okay. Yeah, Cause that's everyone, totally okay. everyone's fucking building. Like that's okay. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, like things like ketogenic diet, like I've got a client who told me he really soaks up the information from one of these experts uh, in particular. And I said, Oh cool. Like he, he's the keto guy in my opinion. He goes, yeah, yeah. I just ignore that information. Cause I, I'm not really interested in that. Um, but I was like, dude, I've tried it. You know, I've tried keto. I've tried being a vegetarian. I've tried, haven't tried paleo, but I've tried clean eating across the board yeah. for a very long time. And you have to have that information, that uh, experience to then have an opinion, Yeah. And, you know, actually have a solid opinion and say, well, these are the reasons why this is a good idea for you. Maybe it might work, but this is the drawbacks of that. Just so you know, cause I've done it. And uh, oh, so exactly. you got to have that experience. Yeah. yeah. So that goes a long way for sure. 
Awesome, man. So like anyone listening today, like if they want to come and say they're a coach and they go, you know what, I want to get shredded as fuck. Um, like where are they going to find you? Where should they go? Yeah. So they can find me at, um, denverstein.com. So D like just D N B I S T O I N.com. Or they can go to Instagram, which is just at Denver underscore stain. I used to have a different handle, right? Not even my name. And then everybody called me by that. So everybody called me Biggie D, right? There's my <laughs> big D, like big Denver, right? Yeah. And uh, no one knew my actual freaking name. Everyone's like, hey, you're Biggie D's client, Biggie D this and that. So I had to change my handle. So yeah, it's just at Den- Denver underscore stain. Uh, to be honest, you can just go there, click my link, and then click an yep. inquiry link there, or just click email. Honestly, I hate direct messages on Instagram. Yeah. And they know, get flooded. Man, they get flooded. I'm, I'm a nobody in my opinion. And then I'm just like, how is it that I message someone who I look up to, right? Or I'm a colleague of mine and they reply to me straight away. But I know for a fact they <laughs> flooded, like they're so flooded. And it's really hard to keep up with Instagram messages, Facebook messages, emails, face-to-face, text messages, phone calls, all that kind of shit. So it's like, if you can just please email me, that's my number one business point of contact. So awesome, every day man. my emails are getting done. Um, so that's awesome. the most important thing. But uh, before we wrap it up, man, I got to yeah, say man. that I went to your seminar, right? In Las Vegas in 2015, oh, yeah. changing the game. Yeah. So I don't know yeah, if you know that. I went there yeah, or yeah. if you remember that, but um, that was the first time that I, you know, kind of figured out who you were and, and the other guys, Steve and Luca and stuff like yeah. that. And it was incredible because it was, I actually went there because I started listening to Eric Thomas. Yeah. Who I've got on my wall now. And, um, you know, I started listening to him a few weeks prior and then I realized, Hey, there's a fitness event and Eric Thomas is the keynote speaker. Talking. I have to go. And it was like, <laughs> I went to Las Vegas for two nights or three nights, flew yeah. away 13 hours for this, this thing. And it was life changing. Like it was actually incredible because Eric's talk was really good. And, you know, we had to mm. write down our goals and stuff like that. And I wrote down these goals, financial goals and stuff, which I thought were ridiculous. And mm. then I came home, crunched the numbers because I did all the other seminars, yeah. all, the other, all the other talks. And I realized I was already almost there. And I was like, shit, I didn't even wow. know what I was earning. Like I wasn't tracking <laughs> my numbers. So it's like, know your numbers, right? I learned that from you guys so cool. as well, like to know your numbers. So that was incredible. That was awesome. And one thing that I learned from you is that um, you say that if you don't help someone, you're wrecking their life. Yeah. And uh, I've heard you say that many times. So I always say that when someone comes to me and I can't help them, I'm wrecking their life. Or if they go to yep. another coach who's shit, it's my fault. Like, why yeah. did that happen? Like, they're, I'm wrecking their life. So props to you, man, for everything that you do. Thanks, and, man. You know, it's really awesome. I've been watching your videos uh, way back, like videos of you doing talks in like London and stuff like that <laughs> on the streets like ages ago. Love it. And my 10-week challenge program that I've had for a long time now actually was designed because I watched a podcast that you did or an interview that you did with one of your colleagues years ago. I don't know how long ago it was, but it was years ago and it was about setting up boot camps and all this other stuff. And I was like, Hey, I can do a 10 week challenge and, you know, make this work. So that's really cool. So I even did some, some online coaching with Steve. So love it, man. Your body. So thanks for so that, cool. man. Like, you know, it's really thanks cool. Thanks so much, like, bro. We all, we all watch each other, what we see, what other people are doing. And I always see you as the, the top dog when it comes to business coaching and, and Thanks, you know, stuff like that. So keep doing what you're doing, bro. It's, it's Thank you so much. Everybody sees that. <laughs> Thank you so much, brother. Guys, if you want to check him out, go follow the links. I'll have them in the show notes as well. Um, but man, thank you so much for today. I appreciate it. Anytime, bro. Good to chat. Thank you.